His iron shoes with their sharp rims and turned down heels threw a shower of sparks, and he felt strong charges of electricity. His nostrils flared. The moisture in the air, the charges of electricity, these were storm warnings, things he knew. Some inner urge told him he must get his mares to high land before the storm broke. He tried to escape, charging against the chestboard of his stall again and again. He threw his head back and bugled. From stalls beside him and from stalls opposite him, nineteen heads with small pointed ears peered out. Nineteen pairs of brown eyes whited. Nineteen young mares caught his anxiety. They, too, tried to escape, rearing and plunging, rearing and plunging. But presently the animals were no longer hurling themselves. They were being hurled. The ship was pitching and tossing to the rising swell of the sea, flinging the ponies forward against their chessboards, backward against the ship's sides. A cold wind spiraled down the hatch. It whistled and screamed above the rough voice of the captain. It gave way only to the deep flump, flump of the thunder. The sea became a wildcat now, and the galleon her prey. She stalked the ship and drove her off her course. She slapped at her, rolling her victim from side to side. She knocked the spars out of her and used them to ram holes in her sides. She clawed the rudder from its stern post and threw it into the sea. She cracked the ship's ribs as if they were brittle bones. Then she hissed and spat through the seams. The pressure of the sea swept everything before it. Huge baskets filled with gravel for ballast plummeted down the passageway between the ponies, breaking up stalls as they went by. Suddenly, the galleon shuddered. From bow to stern came an endless rasping sound. The ship had struck a shoal, and with a ripping and crashing of timber, the hull cracked open. In that split second, the captain, his men, and his live cargo were washed into the boiling foam. The wildcat sea yawned. She swallowed the men. Only the captain and fifteen ponies managed to come up again. The captain bobbed alongside the stallion and made a wild grasp for his tail, but a great wave swept him out of reach. The stallion neighed encouragement to his mares, who were struggling to keep afloat, fighting the wreckage in the sea. For long minutes they thrashed about helplessly, and just when their strength was nearly spent, the storm died as suddenly as it had risen. The wind calmed. The sea was no longer a wildcat. She became a kitten, fawning and lapping about the pony's legs. Now their hooves touched land. They were able to stand. They were scrambling up the beach, up on Assateague Beach, that long sandy island which shelters the tidewater country of Virginia and Maryland.
They were far from the mines of Peru. Chapter 2 The Island of the Wild Things The ponies were exhausted, and their coats were heavy with water, but they were free, free, free. They raised their heads and snuffed the wind. The smell was unlike that of the lowland moors of Spain, but it was good. They sucked in the sharp, sweet pungence of pine woods, and somewhere mixed in with the piney smell came the enticing scent of salt grass. Their stomachs were pinched with hunger, but the ponies did not seek the grass at once. They shook the water from their coats, then they rolled back and forth in the sand, enjoying the solid feel of the land.